Hello everyone and welcome to the Wellnash podcast. I'm Natasha, but you can call me Nash, and I'm a holistic health and nutrition coach with a passion for helping driven women who are experiencing stress and fatigue to balance their hormones through nutrition and lifestyle. My mission is to help women move from simply surviving to thriving so that they can live their best lives. Whether you're looking to manage stress, improve your energy levels, or simply feel more balanced in your daily life, this podcast is for you. So welcome, and let's have some fun exploring the world of holistic living together. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a new episode of um, the Wellness Podcast. Uh, today, I'm very excited because uh, it's the first time that I'm doing an episode in an interview mode. So I am here today with Dr. Antje Streifler. Uh, she's a medical doctor who has a naturopathic practice in Berlin, in Mitte. Uh, she has had this practice for 15 years. And she takes a holistic approach when it comes to treating her patients. And I'm very happy because I was one of her patients or I, I went to her practice um, two years ago or, or last year, I think. Uh, she's also trained in Chinese nutritional medicine and as an alternative practitioner. So hello, Dr. Streifler, and welcome to the podcast. How are you doing? Hello, thanks for the kind introduction. I'm doing fine. Happy to be here. Um, yes, I think you already introduced me. My name is Antje Streifler, medical doctor. I have a passion for holistic medicine, naturopathy, and um, as you uh, might notice, I'm not a native speaker, so um, please excuse if I <clears throat> might be searching for words. <laughs> during of course, no problem at all. <laughs> Uh, yes, um, maybe you can tell us um, a bit about um, a bit more about yourself. If there's anything else you would like to add uh, about how you work, and and maybe also how you got interested in in, in naturopathic medicine. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, I work in my practice in Mitte in Berlin. Um, I do treat lots of women with, uh, who want to conceive or have stress-related symptoms, but I do treat men as well. Um, and my interest into holistic medicine <clears throat> or my way was um, quite early. It became clear, um, like scales falling from my eyes when I was 16. Um, I suddenly knew what I wanted to do in my life. And... Uh, I think naturopathy and a holistic view of uh, patients um, is yeah, something very nice. I sometimes wonder why not everybody is interested in. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, yeah, that's uh, all I know to say now. Okay, yeah, very, very nice. And uh, yeah, like, I think I, I agree with you. It's uh, um, But for me as well, it's really... Um, uh interesting and uh, i mean interesting is yeah not enough but it's fascinating to understand how the body works and and how to take care of yourself holistically and mm -hmm. like you i also wonder why isn't everyone <laughs> wanting to do this but i guess it's something that everyone with a passion asks themselves like why isn't everyone loving what my passion is Mm -hmm. um, so maybe you can tell us a bit um, the difference between what you do and what a traditional doctor does. Mm 
-hmm. <clears throat> well, I'd say one of the main differences is the depth of the anamnesis and of the approach. Like, um, I, of course, as a with an <clears throat> holistic approach, I take much more time for the anamnesis in order to get the whole picture of a patient's current condition, symptoms, <clears throat> biography, and um, also the social surrounding. Um, <clears throat> and I also try to evolve the therapy from there, like putting everything into consideration <clears throat> when working. And um, yeah, I think one of the main differences is actually the time I can take. <clears throat> of course, as a traditional doctor, you could also uh, go much deeper with your clients or with your patients, um, <clears throat> but you usually don't have the time for that. And the other difference is, of course, that I work mainly with naturopathy instead of um, yeah, the traditional remedies, I'd say, what you get with the pharmacy. Okay, yeah, I think that, um, uh, yeah, what you mentioned, the main difference being being the time and that how you take double, I mean, not even double, but maybe triple the time of what it takes uh, um, in a traditional doctor's office just in order to understand uh the patient and understand their their context and one thing you mentioned that i think it's really important is that you also look at their history and at their social surrounding so you don't just focus on the health history like traditional doctors do but also about a cultural background maybe or whatever that whatever is important for that person uh, and I think this is so important for people to understand how how the, how this is the this is what differentiates the approach because you take time to understand the person as a whole because you know that um, so many things affect the health of a person. Um, so I think that's uh, yeah that's why I also really like this this uh, approach uh, in treating patients. Um, and um, yeah, and and you also said that you don't um, your therapies are not based on like the traditional medicine, but more on naturopathy. Can maybe can you maybe tell us uh, a, a bit more, or can you give us like an example of, of tell us how 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 it would look like a naturopathic um, medicine? Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah, yeah, as you already mentioned, for example, I work with uh, traditional Chinese medicine. So this includes acupuncture, of course. <clears throat> I think everybody knows acupuncture, uh, but it's not only um, uh, good against pain. Uh, it's also very helpful for <clears throat> a wide range of uh, symptoms and disorders. Um, another therapy I work with is a, a herbal medicine. Um, and of course, nutritional medicine, <clears throat> like um, there are not many diseases you can cure with nutrition, but um, if you don't um, build your therapies on a good nutrition, um, <clears throat> you won't make any effort. Yeah. <clears throat> so that's also one reason for the nutritional medicine. <laughs> 
Um, and I also, I always like to work with the resources patients bring with them. For example, if someone is already working with yoga or with affirmations or with um, <clears throat> supplements, for example, <clears throat> I always like to use these um, resources patients bring with them and integrate them into the therapy concept. Right. And you also are able to recommend uh, additional supplements if you see that there might be something. Of course. Was... Ah, okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, um, yeah, super in interesting. Um, and uh, I think what, yeah, what you said about food being also like a treatment kind of, and of course it will not cure a disease, but it's a foundation that mm -hmm. we all need. And maybe when we go to the doctor, uh, then it's just like, yeah, you need to eat healthy, but it doesn't go beyond that. They are more mm -hmm. interested in maybe prescribing uh, some sort of pill. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, uh, maybe it's important and it's necessary, but uh, it's also important to to see that food can also be medicine. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I, I like I like that approach. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, another difference might be that I much more focus on prevention. Right. Yeah. And, yeah. So <laughs> food plays a big role in prevention. Yeah, I think that's a very that's a keyword. I think when it comes to making this distinction, what you said, prevention, because often maybe um, in this uh, traditional model, we go to the doctor when we are sick. Mm -hmm. and maybe it's good to I mean when when for example when I went to see you I wasn't sick but I was feeling like I was not up my optimal uh, state mm -hmm. and so yeah you helped me a lot with different things that I'm sure helped me uh, live a healthier lifestyle and prevent things that could develop if we don't uh, do the, the work that we need to do to prevent mm -hmm. So yeah, yeah. I, I think that's a, a very important word to to make a distinction. And yeah, um, yeah, also, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. That's the difference uh, to the traditional doctor that if you feel you're not at your um, you're not really well, um, and the traditional doctor you usually make examinations and you can tell well everything is fine, but still patients quite often don't feel fine. And then the holistic view gives many possibilities and options to improve your health and well-being um, in cases where the traditional medicine would say, oh, we didn't find anything, <laughs> so we can't do anything for you. Yes, yes, yes. And I see this a lot uh, with friends, with uh, clients, or maybe with myself that, yeah, everything looks good. All the blood work uh, looks good kind of normal maybe also to traditional medicine parameters um and maybe they're they're normal but they're not at optimal level so it could be improved but yeah doctors maybe they just uh, have a very narrow <laughs> view and and uh then it, it's it's nice for for these people to have another option you know for anyone that feels i don't feel great but everything looks fine but there has to be a root a reason so mm -hmm. yeah. yeah and uh, maybe you can tell us a bit um who who you help uh, mostly i mean you you'd mentioned you have women you but you also help men 
Um, mm-hmm. But it, uh, I saw, for example, on 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 your website that you uh, want mostly uh, help women that want to conceive or that are burnt out. Mm-hmm. Is that the case? Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I would say that's uh, one of my main focuses, <clears throat> like fertility support and regeneration, uh, hormonal disorders or imbalances. Um, but what is much more important is not the symptoms a patient is showing, it's more a certain openness and also <clears throat> um, the will to take responsibility for your own health. Um, I would say that's that's a criteria whom I can help <laughs> if yes. you're willing to take responsibility for your own health, if you're willing to, um, yeah, go maybe a bit deeper and have a wider or broader view. Um, yeah, and are open for this way of working. That's, um, I would say, the main difference. <clears throat> if there is a woman who wants to conceive and um, just or is maybe burned out, whatever, and this um, in a, let me say, attitude saying, you got to fix it for me, mm, mm-hmm. that won't work. <laughs> yeah. In the beginning, I can do a lot, like uh, doing intravenous vitamin infusions and so on. <clears throat> but if it is supposed to be sustainable, then um, someone's got to take responsibility for his or her own health. Yeah, no, I, 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 I like it. And I actually, yeah, I never saw it explained like this. But when I asked you who you saw most, and maybe a lot of uh, uh, doctors or people are going to say, oh, I see people that experience this and this and this or fatigue or, um, you know, and these are the symptoms. And I like what you actually your ideal client can be anyone, anyone, whatever the symptoms, uh, but as you say, uh, anyone who is willing to take responsibilities and and that that covers anyone, anyone who feels like they can improve their overall state and maybe they need a little bit of help, um, then you you are there to to help them. So so I think it's um, yeah, I think it's a great uh, way to to talk about who your uh, target audience is. <laughs> Um, yeah, very interesting. And um, I mean, I I want to even like maybe this is like a one talking about symptoms in specifically, mm-hmm. but um, I guess and I think a lot of people can relate or may have felt burnout. And mm-hmm. um, I would love to know how you define what burnout or what it means to you. And I asked specifically about it because I feel like it can mean a lot of things for different people. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's something that many people maybe experience, but they don't really know why or where it comes from. So maybe I, I would like to know your your view on, on what burnout is. Mm-hmm. Well, the term burnout is quite older uh, than we think. I think it's from the 70s or 80s and was uh, primarily used for um, care-taking professions <clears throat> like um, nurses or, or even doctors or whatever. Um, and there are certain criteria like um, lack of empathy, for example, um, that show that you're going into a burnout. Um, 
Yeah, that's a classical definition, I'd say. In the Chinese medicine, the picture of being burned out is also working quite well because in Chinese medicine, we distinguish uh, the yin and the yang always. We have yin, which is the material, um, and we have yang, which is energy. And <clears throat> when we are pushing ourselves too hard for a too long time, of course, <clears throat> then this might affect our a substance like like a burnt out candle or lamp or whatever for example um, and this would be the classical <clears throat> if we refer to the five elements in chinese medicine this would be the classical fire type of burnout um, it's when you burn for something when you're very enthusiastic about something and you forget yourself and you go further and further and further and you don't you don't, uh, like you skip your breaks, for example, you don't eat regularly, you don't sleep regularly. Um, yeah, then this would be the classical burnout, of course. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. And and um, can you tell us a bit about like the, the because you mentioned um, how Chinese medicine has um, uh, this kind of burnout uh, definition, <laughs> uh, mm -hmm. so to say um related to the different elements mm -hmm. and so now you explain to us like burnout maybe the traditional one or or not the most common one is fire and that's why uh, the term burnout burning mm -hmm. and and how do the other elements um how would it look uh, like like to have a burnout uh, in connection with the other elements mm -hmm. <clears throat> so we have the five elements in a traditional chinese medicine which is fire, earth, metal, water, and wood, <clears throat> a bit different to the Western elements. And um, <clears throat> of course, these are just patterns or types, and they are always also mixed types in reality. Um, but according to these uh, different element types, um, I already explained the fire type. There's also an earth type, <clears throat> which is someone who's um, caring a lot about everyone and everything and putting everybody's needs above their own needs. Um, this is a type that we find a bit more often in women than in men, of course, especially in mothers, <laughs> I'd say. Um, and they also tend to <clears throat> yeah, feel really yeah, like everybody who's burned out has a lock, less of lack of energy, um, but they might also become like phlegmatic. Um, yeah, that's the earth type. And they also might uh, get, for example, digestion disorders. They're very likely to have these or um, problems with their weight. Yeah, mm -hmm. these are the also overthinking uh, people or patients. Um, then the next type would be the metal type. <clears throat> the metal type tends to have a strong perfectionism amongst himself or herself. And of course, this can be very draining because you never reach your standards somehow. Um, it's possible that you have a job which is not too demanding from the outside, but when you have such high standards and you always want to be perfect 
um, you can feel burned out uh, by every little task. Um, an example, a friend of mine, when she had her first day in school, she was asked to draw her school bag. And she was really desperate because, and she started crying because she was not able to do it in the way she wanted to do it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you understand that? Yeah. It makes sense, yeah. So um, this can also be a type of burnout, <clears throat> which is just, um, of course, everybody has stress that comes from outside and stress which comes from inside. <clears throat> but in this case, the stress which comes from inside uh, is the main part um <clears throat> then there's a water type um the element water in chinese medicine refers a lot to trust and fear or anxiety and also to um <clears throat> to the survival mode like when you experienced um hard times or trauma traumatic um events in your life and when you're in a constant fear, then this is also exhausting, of course. Um, yeah, <clears throat> it's not easy for me to speak while I don't see you because I never know if you um, if it's understandable what I'm yeah, saying. Yeah, no, definitely, definitely. <laughs> I'm just uh, listening and, and actually hmm. taking notes because uh, this is the first time that I hear about this. And um, I find that actually you're explaining it super well. And it's... Um, okay, okay. Yes. <clears throat> then let's come to the last type, which yeah. is a wood type. And um, this is quite um, common, I would say, <clears throat> not in the burned out form, but in the... Um, in the first stages of it because a wood type has a lot to do with stacked energy I would say with um, you don't do what you want to do for example and um, you don't express your own energy like you don't express your own feelings and you're doing for example a work that you don't like to do mm. um, yeah this can also lead to a burnout, of course. And um, as there are different types and different root causes of burnout, of course, everybody needs a different treatment. For example, the last type I described, uh, the wood type, it's, a, I would say, most easy to treat or um, because there you usually just have a blocked energy and you can just solve the stagnation, <clears throat> which is not super easy but it's possible yeah. um, and then this person or this patient feels a lot better already um, whereas when you have the fire type for example you need to nourish the patient really for a longer time um, or when you have a metal type of course you need to work with your inner beliefs and patterns and so on so every burnout type needs a different treatment Yes, no, I, I, I really, I really love this, at least for me, it's like, uh, so I'm a visual person. And so mm -hmm. uh, having this, um, this explanation and connecting it with the different um, elements, it makes so much sense. And I can see myself, for example, having had, having experienced a different type of burnout, according to different elements, at different points of my life, or maybe at one point altogether, mm -hmm. 
And it's just so good to see it like that because then it's easier to understand how to approach them. Mm-hmm. Right. So yeah, maybe, yeah, exactly. So in metal, it's maybe when you have like very high standards for yourself. So it's a lot about changing a mindset uh, kind of thing. Um, so yeah, it's, um, it's really interesting. I, I, I really, I, I really like, um, this explanation. So the way I see it is maybe, uh, wood, uh, is more like you are stuck, you are stagnant. Like you said, you have like this blocked energy because it's like mm-hmm. you're, you're a prisoner somehow because you're not doing what you want. And there's something that needs to be expressed and it's not being expressed. And maybe the fire, it's a bit the opposite. Like maybe it's, you are expressing too much of something that is a passion or is something really important, but maybe then you forget about all of the other things. Mm, yeah, I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't call it opposites, but yeah, in this point, they are quite, quite opposites. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. Interesting. So I guess that when, um, when you get a new patient, maybe you have like some questions that can help you, uh, identify which ber- type of burnout they have. And then you, you take it from there to see how mm-hmm. you can help them. Mm, yeah. Um, you want to know my questions? Oh, yeah, sure, <laughs> yeah, please. <laughs> well, they are not, uh, there's not a certain list of questions. Of course, it always starts with open questions. Um, like, uh, hey, why are you here? What can I do for you? Yeah. Um, and I explained already the, like, one of the root causes of burnout. Um, but also the symptoms patients are having um, can give a hint on which um which element or which organs um, mm. are affected in the perspective of Chinese medicine yeah oh okay okay so for example if someone is feeling fatigue then that would lead you to believe that there's one specific burnout or whereas if someone is feeling not fatigue but maybe constantly like hyper vigilant or constantly like triggered and that would mean something different Mm, yeah whereas fatigue can uh, occur in most of the burnout types uh, then it's yeah to differentiate between the kind of the kind of fatigue right Mm -hmm. because there can yeah there can be a lot like someone can be fatigued and maybe not being able to get out of bed or someone can be what we call tired but wired they are tired, mm-hmm. but they cannot rest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. Very interesting. Yeah. No, I, 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 I really love this, and I think it's. I'm gonna research more on this and and take it as mm-hmm. a tool for myself because, um, I think this this way of of viewing burnout can can really help when we need to kind of solve it somehow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. Definitely. Uh, yeah, and um, so one thing I I want to to ask you is um, so how um, what specific um, uh, procedures do you do with with your patient? I mean, um, you you mentioned intravenous uh, vitamins. Um, I guess a blood work is something you do, but do you always do that or? Does it not always need to be blood work present in order for you to treat someone or yeah, what's um, the procedure? 
Yeah, well, um, the only thing that's uh, always there, of course, is the anamnesis. And then if I do any blood sample or um, other laboratory examinations, just depends on the case. Um, yeah, and then, of course, I like to work with acupuncture. Acupuncture, for example, is very good if you have, if your energy is stuck, this can mm. solve a lot. And I like it also because it works just at the, um, at the border, I would say, between the body and the mental. So you can treat um, stress-related symptoms, for example, very good with acupuncture. Um, yeah, I also work with intravenous infusions. That's very helpful when someone is really, you would say in Chinese medicine, in a depletion. Mm. Yeah. Um, like really, really empty. <laughs> right. Um, but of course, it also works when someone um, tends to have infections a lot, like with a weak immune system or in these uh, months, we see lots of patients who didn't recover after COVID infection, for example. And then vitamin infusions can be very helpful. Um, yeah, what else do I work with? Um, when I do the acupuncture, I well, one part of acupuncture is also the heat therapy, mm -hmm. like either with um, moxibustion, um, that's little cigars you burn over the acupuncture points. Okay. Or with um, these heat lamps from Chinese medicine called TDP lamps. Um, yeah, but that's more uh, kind of additional to the acupuncture. Right. Um, yeah, I would say that's the main therapies that take place in the practice. Okay. Yeah. Other things like, uh, for example, exercises or um, yeah, sometimes I, I give homeworks to my patients uh, that are things we can, I can explain in the practice, but that are, which are done usually at home then. Mm -hmm. Okay. And that's also, so that what, from what I see, another difference, you know, uh, apart from everything you mentioned, but also another difference from traditional medicine that Usually you go see the doctor and then uh, that's it, bye. <laughs> but I like that you, well, you give homework and then you kind of, I guess, follow up on, on that homework or, mm -hmm. or, I mean, at least you you give something further that doesn't just stop at the session. Yeah, of course. <laughs> uh, you mentioned that you give the, the intravenous uh, infusions. And so mm -hmm. when people are depleted or, or empty and, and, and how do you know this? Does it, uh, you, do you always need to do some lab exams or in order to do yeah. that? In, in most cases, it makes sense to check the blood before you give an infusion. There are some, um, there are some, some yeah, exceptions. Exceptions, yeah, that's what I was searching for. <laughs> um, for example, for vitamin C infusion, I don't have to check the vitamin C in the blood first. Mm -hmm. okay. um, yeah, but with other things like uh, vitamin B12 or um, yeah, just others, I would check the blood first. Okay. Mm -hmm. And you also, uh, you also check the stool, right? Yeah, when it's needed, of course, mainly when patients come with either digestive disorders or even when they have 
uh, skin problems. Mm -hmm. um, there's a connection between the gut and the skin and also between the gut and the immune system. So also when someone has a weak immune system, not in every case, but in lots of cases, I do a um, stool examination, <clears throat> especially okay. when symptoms uh, come up, for example, after antibiotics, um, then in many cases, the microbiome is affected through the antibiotics. And then it's very useful to really get a whole picture um, of the microbiome uh, before just prescribing any, um, any bacterias. Okay. Okay. Interesting. Yeah, I, I, I didn't. I wasn't aware that uh, one way to test the microbiome is through the stool, <laughs> uh, and um, I think because this is also something that traditional doctors are not offering a lot, right? It's, it's you don't hear yeah. about this a lot. So I think it's really interesting that that this can be done, and that it can tell us about how our gut is. And also, for example, the connection between the skin and the gut, because I, I know and I've heard uh, stories of a lot of women suffering from acne and mm -hmm. yeah, and then they go to the dermatologist, but um, I, I wonder how many of them do they think that maybe by checking their microbiome and doing these um, further exams, they can even access the root and, and, and cure the acne. So mm -hmm. it's very interesting to know that we can get this information. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. Where else should you examine the microbiome when not in the, if not in the stool? <laughs> yes. Yes. Good point. <laughs> But actually um, there are quite some traditional doctors who are offering these in their practices as well. Okay. Yeah. It's just not uh, in the standard program i'd say but right if you go to a traditional doctor most of them if you ask them of course it's not covered by the public insurance <clears throat> you got to pay for it on your own uh, but most of them are able to offer these examinations yes yes mm -hmm. exactly um um yeah i guess it's uh, all, always i don't know here at least maybe in in germany it's, it's always mm -hmm difficult to access this it's like we uh, we have to ask for it several times or try to convince doctors <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. Right. so yeah it's a it's a bit of a of a of a battle but um yeah it's it's um it's good to know to that, that that we we have access to these things and how good how good it is for us if uh maybe a lot of us had have uh, gut issues or, or or have had antibiotics and 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 then maybe our microbiome is not uh mm. optimal but um and we can do things about it but sometimes maybe we need to actually examine it right and and in extreme cases um uh yeah do do something about it so mm -hmm. yeah, i think it's this is super important yeah um Well, this point that it might be difficult to get these uh, examinations, um, like a battle, <laughs> you said. Um, <laughs> in these days, it's also possible to just um, do these examinations like from home on your own. Uh, you can order the material at the laboratories and um, then they send you the material, you send the sample in and they give you the results. Um, 
of course, this is not covering a specialist who is explaining to you which examinations to do and afterwards what to do with the results. Right. Um, but for those who already know they want to check this, um, it's possible in these days to just uh, do it autonomous. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, that's, I think, a good point for, for people to know about these home exam possibilities, right? Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, like you said, it's always better to have someone that knows how to interpret the results, mm -hmm. I guess. But yeah, it's it's good to know that that we have options, I guess. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, so um, one thing I would like uh, to to talk with you, I mean, I you've you've obviously uh, mentioned it and, and so on, um, but uh since you also treat a lot of women that are trying to conceive and even if a woman is not trying to conceive but maybe a woman uh is in their 30s they they she doesn't want to maybe have kids uh, right now but she you know there's this fear of the biological clock and and maybe there's a way to preserve our fertility right and and what are some things that that you would recommend? I mean, I'm I'm sure that some of those things will kind of sound obvious, but um, I I would like to 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 know from you what what some things would you recommend to women mm -hmm. in their thirties that either are trying to conceive or they're just maybe thinking about it, but they want to delay it because they're not ready. Yeah. Um. Well, of course, there are the general uh, things you can do, like uh, eating healthy, sleeping regularly. Um, there are certain Qigong exercises, for example, you can do to nourish your um, your Jing. We say in the Chinese medicine, this is a part of energy you get from your parents and you give to your children. Um, and this is very important for your ex as a woman, for example. Um, yeah, then it can be really helpful not to prevent uh, pregnancy with a with hormones so not to take the pill right yeah uh, can be helpful um of course it's helpful if you um prevent infections as there are few infections that can um also affect your um tubes would you say so mm -hmm. <laughs> like uh, like the reproductive organs <clears throat> so um yeah safer sex can also help um okay saving your uh, fertility <laughs> right um yeah and everything else is more i would say more an individual thing um of course in these days uh, you can consider to do social freezing from the perspective of the Chinese medicine, this is not ideal, of course, uh, because it's not considered to be so healthy to have the eggs frozen. Mm. Okay. <laughs> um, but on the other hand, that might be better than having stress all the time. Huh? Uh, it's always an individual decision. Right. Yeah, and now that you mentioned uh, stress, and because we've been talking a lot about, about burnout, uh, mm -hmm. And so can you tell us why it's so important for us to manage stress in relation with our hormones and especially our, our reproductive hormones? Mm -hmm. What is stress doing mm -hmm. to us in the long term? Uh, there are two um, 
two ways to explain what it's doing. The one is the Western traditional way when our stress hormones like cortisol are decreasing, um, no, increasing, like when they're rising, um, then there's a negative feedback onto our um, sexual hormones like estrogen or progesterone. And so our um, sexual hormones, they are affected by the stress hormones. We produce them less in that moment. And that can lead to cycle disorders, for example, um, and also to fertility problems. Um, the other way to explain it is more from the Chinese medicine perspective. Um, when we have excessive stress, this is affecting the Jing I was just talking about, this kind of energy we are getting from our parents and giving to our children. And when we have a healthy lifestyle, we can, um, yeah, we can try to save these, this energy, but when we are um, going towards a burnout, then this also affects this kind of substance or energy, uh, which we need for our fertility. Right. Okay. So yeah, I like the, uh, both explanations. And um, so you talk about the yin, this is like what, so according to Chinese medicine, this is what we need to protect, right? Mm -hmm. The most mm -hmm. in order, like this is the, what you were explaining, the energy we, like we get from our parents and what we get to our, our kids. Mm -hmm. So this can be affected by, by, by too much stress. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, exactly. So like you were saying, and from the Western uh, medicine point of view, then when our explanation, when there's too much cortisol is like our body, like you explained, there's this negative feedback loop that will just say, okay, stop producing so many hormones, regardless of what mm -hmm. they are. So um, that's how maybe the reproductive hormones are affected. Um, and yeah, so I, I think, uh, thanks a lot for, for saying this, for telling us this, because I, I think it's so important that we all um, are aware of stress in our life and that we take, like you said, that we take responsibility for, for, for this, um, not expecting that there's a solution all the time out external, but that we we can do something about it mm -hmm. ourselves yeah. yeah another thought i do have uh, when it comes to um yeah to uh, fertility <laughs> or to women in their 30s maybe is um that my point of view of course it's always an individual decision is that we usually tend to overestimate the stress that comes with a baby, um, with a baby that comes maybe at a time in life when we haven't planned it. Mm -hmm. um, most of the women I know who got a baby quite early, they all said like, well, your competence is growing with your tasks. <laughs> right. It's going okay. And on the other hand, we usually tend to underestimate the burden that comes with not becoming pregnant um, mm -hmm. as, as we wish um, when we are, yeah, I would say at the end of our 30s or so. Um, yeah, that's just a thought I would. Okay. Um, no, I, I think I, 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 I think I agree with you. I never thought about it, but 
um, yeah, there is the stress of a child <laughs> and losing our freedom or however mm -hmm. we want to say it. And then there's the stress of waiting and then trying to conceive and being stressed by that. And mm -hmm. yeah, I guess it's it's good to, to like, yeah, it's good to know that <laughs> there are those stresses. And I think it's, well, it's nice to hear from you what you're saying that women tend to underestimate the stress of ha having no overestimate the stress of having a kid and underestimate the stress of the pressure um to to conceive so yeah this is really interesting because yeah i think that yeah there's um it's uh the decision to have kids and delaying have kids it's a very important decision and yeah it's like we we sacrifice one way or another we sacrifice something so mm. yeah uh no it's a it's a good it's a good um way of seeing it yeah mm -hmm. I like and I have the impression that many women are kind of surprised uh, when they're like in the middle of their 30s and they don't get pregnant so easily. And um, I often heard some complaints like, well, in school, we were just taught um, how to prevent a pregnancy, uh, but nobody told us how difficult it could be if we prevented for a too long time, for example. Right. Right, like if for, for, like if you are taking the birth control pill mm -hmm. for a long time, yeah. And this is, I mean, this is another topic, but um, I mean, it's very we're very fortunate to have the birth control pill, but some women are taking it because of different reasons, right? I mean, I can speak for mm -hmm. myself that I got prescribed the birth control pill when I was a teenager because I had acne. It wasn't even to uh, to protect. Uh, um so i i i think that that's um that's a point that women could consider like whether they're taking the birth control pill for the for the right reasons mm -hmm. um and uh yeah and um one thing that uh you i think you've talked about it and we we have talked about it and you mentioned it at the beginning when you were explaining what kind of patients go to you but I think it's a nice question maybe to to wrap <laughs> the episode and to wrap this conversation maybe you can tell us um, about the concept of sustainable health and and what it means uh, for you and and um, yeah basically this concept of sustainable health <laughs> mm, okay well um, for I don't know the official definition of uh, sustainable health but for me I once did a post, I think my first post on Instagram was something like, if you teach your patients, this makes health sustainable. <clears throat> and um, yeah, that's, uh, that's what I would say, like um, all the um, therapies and remedies we were discussing, which are preventing diseases, of course, they pay into sustainable health. And also everything that makes you more autonomous and more knowing and experienced about the conditions of your own health and um, also the conditions of your own healing, for example, uh, makes health sustainable for me. Yeah, I, I really like a lot of things you said, like, and I took note, like some keywords for me, it's like teaching, that it's mm -hmm. like teaching 
you teach people how to kind of be healthy on their own. And another word you said is autonomous. So it's like, I, I really like this because it's um, a way of saying, okay, you don't need the doctor all the time. You can just have a lot of uh, power uh, to to take your hand, health into your own hands uh, so that it's, so that you sustain this health uh, in the long term and um, the doctor is there to to support you sometimes give you me maybe information for example through blood work or stool tests and so on but ultimately you are the one responsible mm -hmm. yeah somehow yeah yeah no I I, I like this uh, very much And so, yeah, maybe you can now tell us where uh, people can find you, how they can contact you. Um, yeah, they can find me in my practice, of course. Yeah. <laughs> in uh, Berlin Mitte in the Schlegelstraße 11. Um, the practice has a website. It's a German name, uh, privatpraxis-mitte.de. Um, and I also have an Instagram account, uh, Streifler Antje. Yeah. That's it. A Facebook okay. page <clears throat> that's related. Perfect. Then I will uh, make sure to link all, all those um, in the episode uh, notes. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, yeah, I want to thank you for, for your time, for coming into this interview and for all the valuable information that you provided. Thanks to you. It was a pleasure. <laughs> thank you very much. Take care. You too. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening. That wraps up our conversation with Dr. Streifler. I hope you enjoyed it. If you want to contact her, I will leave uh, her contact details in the description uh, box of this episode. Uh, remember to subscribe to the podcast and share it with your friends, family and colleagues who may benefit from this episode. Thank you for joining me today and until next time, have a lovely week.